Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It's time for episode 683 of Who Charted, the show where comedians discuss the top five songs and movies of the week. Congratulations, you have reached Checkpoint All-Star Weekend on your way to summer 2024. I'm your host, H. Michael Cray, a.k.a. Chart Linklater, Howard Kramer. And with me as always, Brett, Peter, BPM Morris, a.k.a. Starred. What's up, Starred? What's up to you? How's it going? Very well, very well. We are in the midst of a rainstorm uh, here in L.A. And um, I thought it was be gone by now. I guess it rains every February, but I'm always figuring <laughs> it's going to be gone and not come back. How's your ceiling? Ceiling's is it, great. No never leaks? had a leak. Never had a leak at the manor. How about you're that? lucky? You're lucky with that. I feel like every really? every LA apartment has just like yellow spots in the roof once it starts raining. Okay, it's like this they is just a don't. manor, so it's more. Of it a is manor. a manor. <laughs> yeah, some protectives. <laughs> Wayne uh, scoting. I don't know. I keep seeing that word in books. Do you have that at your place? What's it called? Wayne scoting. Wayne scoting. I've never the, heard that word in my life. W-A-I-N-S-C-O-T-I-N-G. Sounds like a Chubba Wubba song. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure what it is, but I, I thought, yeah. <laughs> Wayne Scoding. <laughs> the big hit. Um, um, yeah. So um, that's going on, but I'm excited to cut through this weather and reunite with our guest. All right. I can't wait. Here he comes. Now, look at that. Gang, you know him from TMBG and episode 614 of WC, Who Charted. He was soon to be touring the Midwest. Welcome back to the charts, John Flansburg. Go! Oh. <laughs> Hello! Hello! Welcome back. Great to have I'm you here back. to answer all your questions about wainscoting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our guest is going to know this. It's a very sure. New York thing, you guys. It's the okay. trim along the the top of apartments that you use to, um, you put uh, like fishing line down from it and you can hang paintings or mirrors or things off the on the wall without Whoa. putting nails in the wall. Oh, so is that something that you could see 
If you walk it's in like a, a little stand. it's like a little sort of ripple along the ceiling line that is actually pretty ubiquitous in old apartments like it's uh it's a th- it's definitely a th- uh, old school New England New York kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like whaling days, back in the yeah, whaling days. Exactly. Have you <laughs> has that word ever popped up on a they might be giants song? Sounds no, like- but but I think uh it, it should be the title of our next single. <laughs> I think it should be. Although I, I guess it, maybe if we were more like maybe uh if we did a collab with uh the Decemberists, we could launch that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> They're into the home decor and things of that mm-hmm. ilk. I'm right seeing now, pictures I'm a- online where it looks like it c- maybe could also mean when people have that sort of trim that goes like halfway up the wall from the ground. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, think that actually has I think another that's coming name. back. That, yeah. Whatever that cottage, is. Cottage like core stuff. Yeah. Oh, cottage core. I like that term. I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah. That's what cottage my tortoise, core. My tortoise uh, believes in cottage core. She's got like a little co- cottage out back. Wow. Very, very sparse. What about tortoise core? Very rusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to the charts. It's good to see you. It's great to see you guys. It's great to see that there's technical diffs to, uh, I don't mean to expose anybody, but uh, when you're having <laughs> trouble with Zoom or the mic, it just yeah. brightens Howard's, my heart. Howard's <laughs> delighted when I have to at all, like, you know, wait for someone else to to get their tech set up. You know, Howard loves oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I just sort of bombed in here. So, um, you know, I had to dust a few things off. Yeah, you have a cello behind you. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> yes, eyeing right my, now. Yes, that's my wife's cello, actually. Oh, is uh, it? And yeah, she we she just dusted that off like a week ago. So, Do you, do you jam uh, together? Uh, we jam once? a little bit. We were actually doing like a sampling session, which was <laughs> kind of uh, oh, a wow. whole other bag of tricks. You go, hey, play that lick again. Which one? Yeah, that right. one, that, not that one, <laughs> right, the other one. Right. No, I got to loop this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing that. And I uh, wonder if that's, is that less um, rancorous than like building Ikea furniture together or more? I've like, never, <laughs> uh, I've never done a collabo building furniture because it's so, oh, yeah. so insanely frustrating. I don't think I could, that could be a shared experience. It doesn't go well in my experience. No. Well, I mean, it doesn't go well at all. You know, I, 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 <laughs> right. I have a whole set of shelves. I have three sets of shelves in my basement that I bought that I cannot figure out how to assemble. I couldn't get off. Like I could, it was like a total failure to launch. <laughs> so they're just still there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I realize now that they were overpainted. So, like so, so they actually don't like they don't fold. Uh, they, don't they don't fit in together. Paint's yeah. too thick. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, maybe a so, tri- maybe a wainscot could help in this situation. <laughs> yeah, hang hang them off. <laughs> yeah, wainscot that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Shall we get in the music chart? Sure. Uh, let's do it. Music. Music. We used to play LPs, eight tracks, cassettes, and CDs. Now we download and we stream. What's next, Chat GPT? Tunes. Tunes. All right, for this chart, let me put it to you guys. This is like a just a either or uh, choice. Would you rather go 
top top five on Spotify. So this will just be top forty kind of stuff. Uh, it's or, not like a okay, yeah or or iHeart Music Charts top alternative rock top five alternative rock. Oh, um, mm. well, is this week one of those weeks where like? Is it like every Kanye song like in the top? Good question, because sometimes Spotify is like spiked by a recent well, release. Right, because like I mean, there's, there's a bunch of new releases that are <laughs> might be. I can give a, it, it is not all leaned one way. Oh, it's, it's a mixed a, bag? It, it's a mixed bag. There is a, a Kanye in there. Possibly I'm, 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 I'm up for the real, the real hot sauce of uh, okay. top 40. Okay, let's keep it real. Yeah. I love it. He's not afraid of the top charts. No. All right. Coming in at number five. Number five. Zach Bryan and Casey Musgraves with I Remember Everything, featuring Casey Musgraves. Do you remember that beat-down basement couch? I'd sing you my love songs and you'd tell me about How your mama ran off and pawned her rain I remember, I remember everything A cold shoulder at closing time You begging me to stay till the sun rose Strange words come on out of a grown man Is this technically a banger? It's a duet, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Musgraves comes in later. You got any lady duets you do? Uh, Besides- we did one song years ago that uh, that was like a that was it wasn't really a duet, but it had two parts, like a lady part, and we've had and we've had you know various ladies sing songs, but not really. We didn't, didn't set them up like duets. So that's on the top forty chart. That's number five in yeah, the country, and it's actually been been there for a while. The well, song is popular. Yeah, shows you where the country's at. So, so very, I mean, yeah. what, what does it take for a country song to cross into the top forty chart? Is it is do they almost nothing anymore? Right? So, it just feels so, like there's always country up in that top five. Yeah, it's kind of it's bled, like with that Diplo stuff. I don't know. It's just like they don't even have to say it's country anymore. Like it just winds up on that regular chart. But you know? but is it reflecting? Like top forty radio or top because I mean in a sense you could just always quarantine all country music to just mm-hmm. the country charts. Yeah, I don't see what makes it what defines it as a crossover unless it's radio. Maybe because it's just selling a little bit of records. You know, like they uh, they're selling so many less records now they just pull in other genres, like right, the way they right. threw Dolly into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I I I I thought I was very refreshed by her response to that, which was a total WTF. You know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like at some point the pop mindset or the pop listener just became sort of bifurcated or something. Like it's either it's either pop or you know rap R and B style like pop, or if they want a little change of pace, it's like this kind of country sound. There's not really much like rock anymore, at least in the top yeah. five. There's not right. like a lot of other right. variation. It's like either country or pop. Yeah. Almost like with movies, you know, they got the really big movies and, and not so many middling ones anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a lot of like weirdo 
stuff coming in. <clears throat> All right, coming in number four. Number four. Noah Kahan, Kahan, I don't know, with Stick Season. Talk told me to travel, but there's oh, more COVID on the planes, and I heard Vermont, but it's the season of the sticks, and I saw your mom, she forgot that I existed, and it's half my fault, mm-hmm. but I just like to play the victim, I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas, and I'll dream each night of some What? What kind of top 40 music is it you call this? <laughs> I mean... They Rip got off even knob. <laughs> they heard what you were saying about country and doubled down on Right. Well that's like that's like uh some Americana huh? Yeah, that yeah. sounds like bye bye American Pie, but he just tossed his own lyrics in there. <laughs> you know the the ending part where he yeah. just kinda Yeah, he just goes on a, a long run. Yeah. It's that chord progression that drives me crazy. I think it's one five six four. It's like it's, it's just in absolutely everything for the last like thirty some years. It just yeah, but, to some, death. but some of your favorite songs are one size six. I mean, that's oh, definitely. But you like, know what I mean, I feel like, like they spice it up in the good ones. Like they'll they'll like that's the big payoff is you finally get the one five six four in the in the chorus uh-huh. or whatever, rather than just ride that through the whole song. But I bet there's but some pretty killer Paul McCartney songs that are one. I mean, well, let it be. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody was pointing out, like you know, people complain about like the quality of stuff from out of China, but like iPhones are made in China. Like you know, the best yeah. things that right. you deal with are made in China as well. MSG, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, best, it's got a bad things. rap. It's like that's uh, people are realizing MSG. Like, why was it demonized? It's pretty good. Oh, no, MSG is fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Howard Kramer, speaking of MSG, I know that you are collecting sauces from junk food restaurants from across Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm trying not to say collecting with these, amassing, because I, <laughs> I, I, I intend to use them, but you're probably exactly right. It'll probably well, be just become another collection. Yeah, you, you might want to be careful how long you let those uh, linger. But, um, I mean, if, you're, if it's just for a collection, I guess it's safe. But if you're never going to open it. But um, I was wondering if you had checked in with this uh, strange innovation at McDonald's. They are no longer serving Heinz ketchup at McDonald's. They after after like a a hundred years of of, you know, having Heinz as their they've changed their ketchup recipe and it is tangible. Is it in house? Oh, they it's vertically vertical integration. And you and you can taste the difference for sure. you can absolutely taste the difference and it's not an improvement. It's like, it's distracting. Like when, when it first happened, I mean, I I don't, I don't eat fast food that often. Um, I mean, I, am trying to stay alive, but like, uh, when I do, you know, when I do, I, I do enjoy like a McDonald's uh, cheeseburger and, uh, it's such a familiar, you know, everything about it is incredibly familiar as I, you know, grew up in the United States. And, um, it's really weird when something changes and uh, that was, it was super distracting, but uh, I know, I know you're a, I know you're a, 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 an aficionado of the spices. So I just, no, no. And I was just to reading that. too, that, that Heinz ketchup in particular is like the perfect product. Like um, it's not just ketchup. Like it's like this perfect, absolute knock it out of the park once in a lifetime, perfect <laughs> right. palate. 
Right. Yeah, because oh, it's like a, sugary it's, it's, and yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's a perfect. But it's like Coca Cola. Like an incredible number of people agree that it's the best iteration. Yeah. Yeah. Of it, the way it um, moves across the tongue is supposed to be a unique thing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they measure that. Like, damn, we got it right. Like yeah. the direction it takes, it goes down across the buds and into the back, and it touches everything it's supposed to. Well, Howard, do you? How's your Taco Bell collection? Or sorry, not collection. A mass. How's your Taco Bell? I, I'm not. I'm not really making tacos, so it doesn't really apply. I'm not like really out there looking for hot sauces. Plus, well, I think hot sauces is you could buy a thousand of them at one store. Well, of course, I just wanted to to let you know that they're redesigning the packaging and uh, coming out with some new ones. So you might want to amass. Okay, some of the get current the old ones while Taco you still Bell. Have them. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I will do that. Yeah. Did you? know that Taco Bell had this massive like Apple style event, like Steve Jobs style where they're announcing new products and new sauces really? and stuff. I just saw this and I and they, they're acting like this is a yearly event that everyone tunes into and I've I never want- seen this before and it was crazy. <laughs> the audience is just going ape shit, like clapping for these wild new uh, There's going to be honey, extra honey on the new honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And wow. They, they come up with new names, of course. Like Taco Bell never just does like an authentic, uh, right. you know, like empanada or whatever. They call it like a crispinata or something. And then everyone's yeah. like, they what? Big guy. Well, it is, it is like thing. food, uh, you know, conceived by stoners, made yeah. by stoners, consumed <laughs> by stoners. It's, right. right. And it's, it's like food loop. events. You know, they're out there on the Taco Bell campus dreaming up the future of fast food for us. It's exciting. <laughs> I, you, I did not mean to hijack this chart show by talking about. No, I uh, love it. Condiments. I love it too. Hey, flavor is flavor. Uh, bringing it back to music. Have you seen the new, the newer like Super Bowl Taco Bell commercials where they have Portugal the man? As their spokespeople and they're saying, oh, yeah, they about, have bands doing it. Yeah, they have bands talking about how all they eat on tour is Taco Bell, and it's like, wow, made their whole tour. Wow, that's a uh, that's a uh, bold uh, moves into uh, um, commerce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll do their own tour, like the Warp Tour, but it'll just be like the Bell Tour, and they just have all these bands on there. Seems like that could be coming. Do you guys I'm have sure. a um, tried and true? like food routine when you're touring? Um, you know, we... I, say I Taco like, Bell. Say Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like I've just like uh, been swimming up a river of backstage hummus for yes. 20 years. Wow. Um, is I, that in I, the rider? They got to have that for you? It's it's in the rider. I think the idea is that it's healthy, but it's like it is it is so um, monolithic. I'm just, I, I don't yeah. think I'll ever eat hummus, actually ever eat hummus again in my life. But uh, no, <laughs> I don't, I, there's no, there's very little fast food that we uh, go for voluntarily. Um, yeah. It's usually just in desperation. What about your groupies? Uh, what do you have to have for them? Are they Del Taco? <laughs> Teasing, of course. <laughs> Teasing, of course. Uh, okay. no, no. Understood. Understood. Um, now, we, uh, there actually, John Linnell tells a story in uh, this documentary that was made about They Might Be Giants uh, where we were, we were driving out of Philadelphia and this car 
pulled alongside us and it was clearly a bunch of girls who had just been to our show and we had these we had been as backstage after show food we had been given all these um uh uh cheesesteaks and uh these girls like you know it was a total like uh sort of teeny bopper fan type moment like you know they rolled down their windows we rolled down our windows and John Linnell sort of yelled across to them hey do you want some cheese steaks and they which I think they took as like do you want to go out you know and get some cheese steaks with us which got a, a very enthusiastic response from these girls and then oh, like no. I'm I'm like driving and John's in the passenger side and he just like Hurls these cheesesteaks into their <laughs> into their car, he throws them in, and then, and then I'm like basically not paying that much attention and just sort of drive on. And uh, it was just probably seemed like the coldest, yeah, like yeah. something you do to every yeah group just of just fans, just a bucket jerk, of water dumped on them, basically. Um, but <laughs> it was amazing. very unintentional. So hey, you want to go to the movies? And you just throw a VCR tape <laughs> at the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. All right. Coming in at number three. Number uh, three. Benson Boone with Beautiful Things. This has to be country, right? Benson Boone. He's from Washington and State. Oh. Wow. So ultimately, is all this like, is all this the residue of American Idol? I mean, I just listen yeah. to this stuff and I just think like, I don't even know what kind of, this doesn't seem like pop music to me at all. Like there's nothing, it's like all, it's slow, yeah. so catchy. It's like, it's, pseudo ballady. It's, it's very vocal driven, very hyper emotional. Yeah. It doesn't I seem like so. the kind of songs people like really listen to. <laughs> you know what I mean? If like, I mean, like it sounds like it'd be playing over in a in a mall or something or in a scene. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like safe to sell it to people. Yeah, it sounds emotional and nice. But this is audience driven much more than before. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything happening in the charts now that actually isn't a reflection of what people like. So maybe you know, there's just a lot of a lot of people out there crying. I don't yeah. know. No, it could be also just because of the internet and the social media. It's very easy just to be a solo artist, point the camera at yourself and sing a song on an acoustic guitar. You know, there just must right. be a lot more people doing that than taking the trouble to do a whole band or something. There's always a new crop of teens, you know, crying in the room. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you for not going that route. Thank you for keeping yeah. it electric and upbeat. Yes. <laughs> Our pleasure. All right. Coming in at number two. Number two. Kanye West and Ty Dolla Sign with Carnival. Jeez. Yeah. Did 
even sounds fascist. A little yeah, bit. it has all the, all the charms of a rally. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Maybe he'll just start his own militia, you know, like just put together a uh, fighting Man, group. That feels almost too real. Yeah. It's hard to even joke about him now after... After In your last, community like, of people, uh, like, are there people, like, is it like an R. Kelly type situation where it's just like he's a total no fly zone, like nobody's, that's li- pretty nobody's much listen to it. Yeah, I like, think yeah. so. I think it. I think it changed. I think there was a lot of years where, like, in my mind, it should have already been kind of like that. But then right. people gave it, gave him a pass until he was literally on Alex Jones saying, "I love Hitler," <laughs> and then people are like. Okay, maybe now let's let's. Yeah, he's pretty much. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of people talking about him. I'm surprised that this made it into the top five. I guess Ty Dolla Sign is not canceled or something. I think just the masses. I think like the population of people just don't care about that kind of stuff as much as we do. You know, I think that's just always kind of the case. Like, there's so many teenage boys out there, or whatever, who are just like, I don't care. I like Kanye West. I like the music. Right. It, it is yeah. like this sort of continuous uh, blurring of the lines. But I mean, my God, could anybody play hard to like harder than I, you know, I, when Kanye first came out, I have to admit I was super all in. I thought he just mm-hmm. was everything. You know, he kind of embodied everything in a, in a rapper producer that I thought was cool and I loved his production style and I, I just loved everything about him and it's so disappointing and, and in some ways he seemed so uh earthbound right like he just seemed so yeah. so normal in a way that a lot of rap wasn't like it wasn't like conspicuously expensive he like made fun of people who were kind of consumery mm-hmm. and, and yeah now- I remember him dressing and like just like normal like polo yeah. shirts and stuff and just seeming like a sort of a preppy guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the whole college dropout moment was very uh just seemed very street level in a in a way that you know like a regular street level rather than like yeah. a sort of a suburban you know. street. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. relatable. I mean yeah. it's like uh Colonel Kurtz up the river. He he his men loved him, and he there was reasons why he was a great leader. But then he lost his mind in the isolation of it all. Oh, there you go. That's a beautiful sentiment, there, Howard. Jo- Joseph Conrad. Yeah, give him the credit. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but yeah, he is. He's wacky now. He's gonna. Have to, he would have to do quite a bit to uh, get back into my good graces. Even though I'm the same with you, I had, gave him full respect back in the day. Right. Coming in at number one. Number one. This is Beyonce with Texas Hold'em. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's up on country selling. I got to say, I like I like this one. I think this is fantastic, actually. This ain't Texas. Ooh. Ain't no Hold'em. Hey. So lay cards down. Lexus and throw your keys up. Hey. Stick around, round, 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 round. It's got a banjo on it. it. Yeah, I mean, dance with you. Come pose some sugar on me, honey. Too. It's a real live boogie and a real live hold down. Don't be a bitch. Come take it to the floor now. Woo! There's a tornado in my city. Get the basement. That shit ain't pretty. 
beautiful backup vocals. Yeah. The production's really cool. It's cool. I mean, I wonder if the whole record is going to be as, uh, you know, I mean, that is pretty, that would fit into country radio. I, I, yeah. I wonder if that's getting played on country radio. Uh, you know, that I'll seems more I'll authentically country than, you know, a lot of uh, like Lil Nas X or whatever. Like, Yeah. Well, also, I mean, a lot of, you know, pop country just sounds like the Eagles. I mean, it doesn't sound, yeah. it doesn't really sound like country music in any yeah. 20th century. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of it sounds almost like hair metal too sometimes. Right, like, right. It, it gets weirder and weirder as it yeah. goes along. It's just, and, and the other thing about, well, I mean, Howard, you're really into the pop country scene. I mean, have you noticed that there's like, there are tracks with like trap beats on the country charts yeah. right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they absorbed all that stuff. Yeah, they got all the uh, EDM producers working on it. There's hip-hop producers. I think uh, it's just like uh, when the country's down in the dumps, that stuff's always going to sell. And so now the rock isn't selling, so those guys just kind of all came over to it. Um, is, the al- is her album out? Is her I don't con- think so. It's so so this is just like a teaser track. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. I mean, you know, I guess going country is something that's available to any superstar at a certain point. Like, you know, Lady Gaga went country. Right. I don't know, I don't know if that went well or I don't think mm-hmm. it went as well as this. I mean, this is already a, a number one track. So it's you got to figure. Well, I guess Beyonce always comes out of the gate pretty huge. So I wonder if but it's because. You know, so many country stars want to go pop. Like, that's their ambition. Like, Taylor Swift goes from country to pop, and then maybe Beyonce is going like, oh, well, then I'll take your country spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Little do si Yeah. yeah wherever, wherever there's a vacancy, they just go over there. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Beyonce is from Texas, right? I mean, that, yeah, yeah, she has a claim. Yeah. You know, she's so it's Southern. like, it's not like, you know, it's, there's there's some realness there. For sure. Yeah. I don't think it's that odd. If she did it 10 years ago, but now it's just kind of a place where a lot of Miley even blends the line, you know, Carrie Underwood. There's just like a lot of girls that have a foot in that. Yeah, uh, But the thing that surprised me about Beyonce at this moment doing it is just because her last bunch of records have been so deep in the hip hop thing, you know, like they're very... Yeah. Very, although I guess the last one was very, kind of more dance floor electronica based, but so she's been, she's been moving it around. But um, she's, I, she, I think it's cool. She's welcome in the genre. I don't want to see J Lo and some of these other girls try to do it. <laughs> Beyonce tracks always sound to me like she's spent like a uh, hundred more hours in the studio than her contemporaries. Like, yeah. yeah, they always just yeah. come across like really crafted. Like she's really put a lot of time. She does it to punish like. Jay Z. She just yeah <laughs> loads up on the hours. Yeah, I, they seem like stealth bomber projects. When you see the credits and there's like twenty different people credited, <laughs> totally good call. You know, it's just like wow. Lockheed, Lockheed yeah. got a credit on her last single. Did you see that? Uh, uh, the new Billy Joel song has like six writing credits on it. Really? Yeah, isn't that interesting? And I think it's I, that really surprises good, but, uh, me. Yeah, I it's think a he really was like good song. Yeah, I think he was like, I don't want to take credit for this thing. Make up some names, throw them on there. <laughs> the more I've it, heard it, the more I actually really like it. Or I think it's just like a, 
a good Billy Joel song. You know? Yeah, me too. I sort I wish it was more of a pop song and less of a sort of ballad in the beginning. And then I don't know. The arrangements is not great, but the song itself, the bones of the song are pretty yeah, solid. solid. But it, it does remind me of this thing that I used to think all the time when I heard Billy Joel, which is he's kind of an Elton John tribute act. Like there's a huge yeah. amount. There's a huge amount of what's going on with his songwriting that like yes. the only other person you can think of is Elton John. Like it's very, it's quite specific. I think especially with the second half, but I think there's a lot also that's a Paul McCartney tribute or at least some of it. Like my life, I always hear that and think this is a Paul McCartney song. This is straight up like 70s oh, oh, Paul this, McCartney. Oh, the Billy Joel song. Da, 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 yeah. Da, that song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that. so, uh, it's so McCartney, like from yeah. like seventies, like silly love songs era. Right, McCartney. right, right. Oh, I get that. I hear that. Yeah. Well, he's he's uh, you know he's he kind of went from well he became a real chameleon later on. Like you know, yeah. there's almost I mean that whole album of uh, the Innocent Man stuff is very pastiche. Totally. Know? Yeah, but you know, pretty high quality. And then stuff. there's doo-wop revival stuff. Um. He's Elton John without the outfits. I'll strip it down. Just wear a blazer. <laughs> yeah, Long Island Elton John. <laughs> All right. Where's my wainscoting? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I he's got it. a lot. Um, them's the music charts. Oh, that's wow. the music chart. Whoa. Number one to Beyonce. There you go. She deserves it. She's the queen consistently putting out original stuff. Yeah, she's the McDonald's here, here. ketchup. Here, um, here. There's right. also this narrative about her that they, I think, you know, at least uh, um, Jay Z keeps putting out there that she's almost an underdog, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though she's like dominated yes. for the last like 25 years. Yep. Well, I think, I think, in defense of what sounds like an insane complaint for someone, you know, defending someone who yes. has probably won more Grammys than anybody saying that they haven't won enough Grammys. I think specifically what he was saying is that she's never won any of the big four Grammys, which okay. is a kind okay. of yes. uh, ghettoization for hip hop artists and artists of color in general. That, uh, like, so it's more you, of an overall note. He's you saying. can win, like you can win, like best engineering or like you know some other lesser lesser award, like your genre of music's <laughs> award, but you don't win record of the year, even if you have the number one selling record of the year. It goes mm -hmm. to a safer, older artist. I mean, right. yeah, the Grammys. Listen, I I didn't think there was anything in the world that was more jive than the Grammys until I won one, and now I just got to say. I, I want I want to thank everybody. Uh, you thank Taco and, Bell. Uh, yeah, I want to thank Taco Bell for sponsoring the tour. Um, you know, it's a, it's like an inherently suspect things. Awards are Absolutely. suspect, but I think the point he was making was actually it made it made a certain amount of sense. I yeah, I get I get it. And she's had some monster albums that deserved it. But sure. It's, it's I mean, like I think the, uh, every year, every year Taylor Swift was up for record of the year yeah, and so. won. Beyonce had, you know, Lemonade or Renaissance right. or, you know, like, you know, Beyonce's had some incredibly, uh, you know, groundbreaking records that have just not ever gotten any major awards. The only thing I would say, the slight cynic in me or whatever to people who are like outraged about the Grammys is like, just go back. Remember like Jethro Tull winning 
uh, over Metallica. It's like the Grammys have always got it wrong. It's a television um, show. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, uh, except yes, except for they might be giants. You know, yes, yesterday was up for a Grammy and lost to like uh, King of yeah. the Road. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I love the song. I King love of the that Road. song. Yeah, I love uh, Roger King Miller. of the Road's great. But like, I mean, I think in the history of songs, yes, it might have been yesterday's year and, and Grammy just kind of goofed. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> totally. It's that weird to think of those songs coming out in the same year. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's weird. I have to say, it, it, to me, it's a weird. It's weird that uh, King of the Road was ever written by anyone. It mm -hmm. just seems like a, a supernatural song. I mean, I mean yeah. yesterday yeah. is kind of the same. Kind of the same. Yeah, it's like bigger than humanity. Yeah, it's yeah. magic. Um, the, wait. Remind me which category you guys won. Uh, we've we won twice. We've been nominated four times. We've won. Twice, uh, we got uh, best song in a TV show or a film, and that was for the theme for Malcolm in the Middle, the Bossamy song. Oh yeah! And then we won for uh, best children's album for uh, Here Come the One Two Threes, which was a Disney project. Do you um, did you hope to create the, a different generation with that? Were you hoping to influence kids? Have you spoke um, to the I older think our, kids? Now? I think that was probably in the back of the minds of our management the whole time. Um, we were we were trying to figure out if we could actually just uh, um, have two kind of parallel careers and have it make any sense at all. Which, at a certain point, it seemed it, it became clear to us that it didn't really make that much sense. But the truth is, we have so much kids stuff in the world that, like kids from now for, forever, will be able to be, you know, safely raised on a whole set of our music, kids' music. So it just kind of has its own legacy now. But we do see, um, we see a lot of people, you know, teenagers and people in their 20s. And I just figure, you know, they're just into like some deep dive into alternative 80s music, but it's actually like they were raised on us. So um, we're just kind of, we are, we are Peter Torque to them. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, were they raised on the They Might Be Giant stuff or they started with the kids stuff? and now They really started with the kids stuff and then moved, sort of moved into the adult stuff, which is uh, not that uncommon, it turns out, which kind of surprises me. Um, but, you know, you just never know how people discover anything. Right. Well, interesting. I mean, uh, have a summer should have done that. I don't know what happened. Should have brought the kids. <laughs> well, it's interesting now. Um, I feel like the the children's market, the children's songs market is so huge and exploded now. But we everything's so kind of segregated. So it's like not if you're not paying attention to it. If you don't have kids, you don't hear it at all. But like like my window into it is my nieces. My brother has like two twin nieces, and then hearing all the songs that they're obsessed with. Um, there's some like really brilliant stuff going on. Oh, really? There. Yeah. Or like, you know, I've heard, I've heard some things. I'm like, oh, that's like really clever, you know, uh, but Baby, there's like P artists out there who are just nailing it uh, better than Baby Shark. <laughs> I mean, Baby Shark seems like it's just, uh, you know, robbing the uh, cultural DNA of 1-800-CAR-FOR-KIDS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, how can we create a song that, you know, makes you want to commit suicide, suicide. in 15 yeah. seconds. Have you heard there's a, there's like a, a adult guy on that now? 
Like sometimes when that commercial comes on, there's a guy, oh, yeah. an adult man singing with the kids. Like baby. Oh shark. no, I, I, I have to say, like when when that thing happens, I just like leap up and turn it off. Like me it, too. It, it I can't freaks handle me out how bad it is. Yeah. Song was written. Yeah, that's number by, like, one right there. Number one by a mile. It just has to. <laughs> Moving on to cheerier topics. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a break. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with the movie chart. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I mean, don't blame Taylor for outselling Beyonce when she's dropping those F-bombs right into the middle of the country song. <laughs> Is there an F-bomb in this one? But there but was Taylor, two. There Taylor, was two. Oh, okay. Two curses in the one we just heard. Taylor's swearing now too, though. Yeah. Is she? Yeah, she's gotten fresh. Oh, on her uh, yeah. Jack Antonoff tracks. Yeah, yeah. I really, she's, I haven't really kept up with her music. I have to say, I'm, I don't know what the new Taylor Swift stuff sounds like. Although I guess the Antihero song I heard. That yeah, it just kind of sounds like that. I thought Antihero was good. I li I like Antihero too. It's just all very. I just heard it too much. But, uh, you know what's funny about the anti-hero thing is that it, it came out right when the term tea was completely dominating the culture. Like people would just say, like, spill the tea, uh, you spill know. The tea, yeah. And and what's odd is that it, the chorus has a reference to it, but people don't know that it's talking about spilling the tea. It's like about being a gossip. Right. And people what's just hear it as like, what is as a non sequitur, they're just like what does that lyric mean? It's it's one of those lyrics that's just not heard. What is the lyric? Uh, well, what is it? Anti-hero lyrics. Maybe she just got paid to promote tea. Like Lipton gave her money. <laughs> she just drops tea in there. Uh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. Uh, which is to say, so so I stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. I'm, it must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. So like, um, yeah, yeah. It was just, I don't know. It was just a weird cultural thing where right. you just hear lots of people sort of going like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Time? In 20 yeah. years from now, people will look back like, isn't that an odd lyric? Yeah. yeah. Is she trying to be like Madonna and go British? Like, what's she talking about? <laughs> tea time. Tea time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Want to bring us back to the movie chart? My Movies. Name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> here we go. I'm H. Michael Cray here with the guest, John Flansburg and Brett, Brett Morris. Morris start. And this is the movie chart. Have you heard the new lyrics, John? Sure. All right. <laughs> Movies, they used to be too silent. silent. Nowadays, they're too loud and violent. violent. Most of them, I am not a, a client. client. People on the big screen are friggin' giant. They Boobies. might be. Movies, giant. <laughs> Woo. Movies. Thank you. Collab, check that out. Yeah. Um, it's better than Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani, I'll tell you that. I don't want anyone 
defending that one. Maybe I'll play. Oh God, I saw that. I, I, you know, I tuned in to the TikTok feed or whatever the like Gwen Stefani stage before the Super Bowl, and because uh, there was like an exclusive TikTok thing, and she was playing a full show, and most of it was like you know pretty good, but then she did uh, the Blake Shelton duet and i thought there was zero chemistry at all like even just tonally like the way their voices blended less than zero it it, like it devalued both of them somehow very hard to try to get them on the same song i mean they could i could see that song working for either of them if it was solo like it's just right there but them together it just doesn't blend well now they should just uh keep their music separate in their do you think that guy with the beard is a beard (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I'm interested to see No Doubt come back together though uh, if they leave Blake out leave Blake out of it I don't want him walking out there for encores <laughs> Blake's in No Doubt now <laughs> don't want him involved yeah there must just there must be whole like uh, counties of California like near San Diego that are just like dying for them to get back together. Right. Oh I yeah. Mean, yeah. They, Orange County. Oh, that's they, like, true. Yeah. Like part uh, of people's lives. Like, yeah. They, yeah. Cause they were a big local band for years before they broke out. Yeah. So, Scott Ackerman knew them like very well. That's he so grew funny. up with them. Is that crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see like Tustin or someplace like that where they yeah. like, they're far enough out that they like country, but then they're also like not <laughs> hip enough to be passed. No doubt. I, I could see it. I mean, I really liked their, I liked the tragic kingdom like everyone else did. I thought that was great, but apparently, but they took a long time to get to that level. Like, yeah. Well, I just remember somebody saying that they were the band that opened for every other, for all the big yeah. bands. And they were just like the big <laughs> local opener for years and years. They were always just like plugged into whatever show you saw. If you were in the, a friend of mine grew up in San Diego and I think he, he, he has yeah. like very, very sentimental notions about them. Definitely. Maybe she's replaced that bassist. Remember, like all the No Doubt songs were about her relationship with the bassist. Maybe oh, that's you Blake can't, now. You can't replace the bass guy. Yeah, but maybe it's Blake Shelton now He's, playing bass. Oh, she she no, needs a relationship. No, <laughs> no doubt band. with stand-up bass, he comes out with the <laughs> yeah. washed up bass. I hope that doesn't happen. All yeah, right. He was cool. He had a lot of style, too. Ah, he was great. Um, let's do the movies. I did go to the theaters this weekend, and uh, what'd you see? I'll let you know as we we. Oh, oh, it's a, oh, it's it's one of those, yeah. All right, coming in at number five. Number five, the beekeeper. This is private property. Do you know what they do here? Scamming the weakest in our society. Buddy, I'm counting three. One, two, three. There, I did it for you. No, no, you can't take it. You can't take the bees. <laughs> Me. Will you stomp his ass out? All right. I did not no, see this you one. you can't take it. So are there actual bees involved? It's a good question. I've heard there's a lot of bee <laughs> language involved, but uh-huh. I don't know about bees themselves. Like they make a lot of bee puns. I can see, uh, you know, the bees need to be saved. Maybe it's like not an easy thing to get real bees for a movie these days. So he just, uh, <laughs> he fights instead. I don't know he, what kind of movie that is. I think it's yeah. it's an action movie that's meant to be 
like laughed at a little bit. It feels uh-huh. like to me. It's like right. a Stone Cold movie. John Cena, right. just like another guy. Bring but your those Taco movies, Bell into the theater. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've been, down. Speaking of, t- I've been trying to learn Spanish, and those action movies are good because they don't have a lot of dialogue. It's very simple to figure out what's going on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, Howard like Kramer, I'm really impressed with your self improvement um, kicks. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, well, uh, why not learn? Spanish? Someone's got to improve me. I, I might as well do it. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying you watch what Spanish dubs or like like? Uh, no, you just turn Mexican on Univision. Yeah, you just put on the uh, you know the Spanish channel Univision or whatever they have them on there. Oh, okay, but you can watch them on Amazon too. Like, uh, or just like any streaming service, you can just kind of choose the Spanish subtitles and stuff. Yeah. So you've, you to, have been do, actively doing that. Yeah, I'm learning Spanish. But uh, I, I uh, you know. I think the tradition of learning a foreign language off of television is pretty, you know, pretty real these days. I mean, I think a lot of people learn, they watch sitcoms and it yeah. helps, like, it yeah. gives you the you know, dialogue, like familiar dialogue. Yeah. You can tell too, like uh, some people, they say purchase instead of buy. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they like learned TV from commercials and stuff. Like they just use right. odd words. And stuff. Oh yeah. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if I, if I was like, if I went to Mexico right now, I'd probably sound like, you know, an insurance commercial. Jama right. Ja. right. You know, <laughs> All right, cool. coming in at number four. Number four. The Argyle. Or, no, sorry, just Argyle. This was not the movie Who I saw. Who are these people? Real-life spies. Why would they care about me? Because you're a goddamn fortune teller, Ellie. When you wrote your new book, Actually Happened, and you kicked the hornet's nest you didn't even know existed. I'm in some really big trouble, Mom. Oh, so now you're experimenting with drugs. I want all assets on them now. I need her to write the next chapter. Too much, baby. God, I hate that cat. That is a star-studded uh, something. Yeah. Yeah, something. What kind? Of, what kind of movie is that? It's like I the exactly. Kingsman. Uh, all the Kingsmen are. Uh, these strange action movies, but then with a giant, like classic song in the trailer that's made to sound. That was the cinematic. best part. Suspicious yeah. Minds. Yeah, it's a, it sounded like it came from the Elvis movie, the uh, Baz Luhrmann one. It was just like a right. weird remix of some classic Elvis. <laughs> but they got you know the the woman from uh, SCTV, Catherine. Oh yeah, yeah. O'Hara, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know. Breaking Bad guy and it's like Dua Lipa's in it too. Oh, really? She's she's the blonde girl, the femme fatale in there. Oh, how does she? Does she can she act? Or I mean, maybe you can't tell from this. We'll see. Yeah, enough. She, she I hasn't guess. been in anything else, has she? Like acting wise. Um, I don't know. This might be know. the debut. She got hot enough as a chanteuse. They threw her in a flick. <laughs> That's like in um. Uh, the new Wicked coming out, Ariana Grande is in it. So oh, it's just wow. like a big trend, I guess. She probably should sing in that one, I would think. Let's say, make yeah, that but she's got to act also. I'm sure she's singing. 
Um, she was a Disney kid, right? She's probably an actor. She's probably. Yeah, oh, yeah she's seasoned. Call. She's a yeah. seasoned pro. Yeah. She, you know. um, okay, coming in at number three. Number uh, three. Three. Migration. Here we are together. <laughs> We're on an adventure. Yeah! Seeing what else life has to offer. <laughs> Is that a little scary? Sure. But isn't it worth it? Brett, I'm guessing know. this is the movie you saw. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> with your with your niece or whatever. Yeah, right. No? Nope. Did not see this one. Uh I will never see this, I don't think. What studio is this from? Migration. Dave's Hot Wings or uh, <laughs> all those all those Nashville hot wings, all that stuff. Best Illum- fucking hot wings. Illumination? Oh, I don't Illumination. know. Illumination studio? <laughs> there must yeah. be a pretender to the Pixar throne. Like yeah. uh Yeah. One of those. Well. Yeah. Oh wow. Um all it's right. The movies too. Coming in at number two. Number two. This is Madam Web. What do you This is the movie that I saw. Ah, whoa. Get your stuff. Let's go. This movie is um, quickly becoming a so bad it's worth seeing. Really? Out oh, there interesting. In the culture. It's like almost taking on a cat's vibe, like the cat's movie from a couple wow. years ago where people are. Uh, right, making an right. event of going to see and laugh at this piece of trash. Were, were people laughing actively <clears throat> when you were saw it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, it is absurd. Um, was was Dakota Johnson there throwing toast at the screen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, um, it's I, the the only thing I've observed from a distance is it seems like I've never seen the 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 the. the uh, moment of the release of a movie and to a star sort of disparaging the movie be so mm-hmm. close together. Like yeah. she's on a press junket promoting this movie and it seems like she's actively dissing it. Yes. And yeah. She she has to be because it's that bad. I mean, it's that, it's that much of a, what the hell, like how did this possibly get made? Is this part situation. of the uh, Marvel extended universe? It is. Cinematic it universe? is. Which is, does it fit into it? I mean, what, well, that's the, one of the craziest parts. It does its hardest to fit into the Spider-Man universe. Uh huh. And it completely. I mean, it just it's a non-starter in terms of. I mean, I'm not some aficionado of the Spider-Man movies, but even from what little I know, it makes no sense that this fits in at all to that. Because uh, you would have to have, you would have to rewrite all of the Spider-Man movies to acknowledge that this whole world exists, where there's there's already been Spider people throughout New York, <laughs> like doing hey, these hey, huge no, no, things. Spo- no spoilers, Brett. Spider people. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, this thing is not worth holding out for for non spoilers. <laughs> it just all it all makes it almost more entertaining. 
um, to watch just in, in total bafflement. Like you're just wondering like, wait, what? <laughs> the whole right. time they just, there's entire people that are unexplained. There's an the entire villain is just dubbed over bizarrely with like, he's an English speaking person, but it's, it's clearly ADR, but it almost sounds like AI is, is taking all the lines for him. Like this weird accent you've never heard before. It's just so strange the, the whole way through. Um, it's a huge train wreck and it's kind of fun to watch for that reason, you know? That's well, two for her, isn't it? I mean, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, people were laughing at that too when it came out. Yeah. Right. Well, at I, a I certain think, point, your career starts kind of rhyming with failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like showgirls, but then she does another one that sucks. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Right. I, I don't think it's her fault. I think she does her job fine in this. I think it's the, the if you look at the writers and their, uh, their resume, you, you're just like, wow, this is an epic list of just terrible, terrible movies. And these people, uh, you know. They must be good in a room. More. Yeah. They must be good at pitching. I feel like Dakota Johnson would be a really good rom-com star. I feel like the, her yeah. natural thing it would be much lighter and sunnier mm-hmm. but it doesn't it, but I guess she was introduced to the world in this kind of sideways way with uh with uh the uh shades of gray movies which she should uh, get she should get Jay-Z to, to advocate for. <laughs> Absolutely. This girl needs to be in better movies. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, but I don't want to spoil it or uh, go down that road. All right, coming in at number one. Number, uh, number one. one. This movie almost looks equally as bad to me. <laughs> this is Bob Marley, One uh. Love. Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Kind of messed up that one, no? Is this Reacher? <laughs> yeah. When you write that? All my life. It's a hit. Reggae is the people music. You know you're a superstar. I am a superstar. I don't know. Wow. Um, the trailer I've seen for this just made it look like really uh, like made for TV style movie. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I would love a really good uh, Bob Marley biopic. Not sure. This yeah, is the but one. the whole uh, the whole biopic idea seems to have completely run out of gas. Oh, I'm yes. with you on that. They're so bad. Yeah. I would love. I'd rather get a documentary every reinvented. time. Elvis, they did a kind of a good job of making theirs a little different with the Elvis movie, but uh, yeah. yeah, for most of them that do it by numbers, just much rather have a documentary or a. Pop up book or uh, anything. <laughs> pop up book. Just some text messages about yeah, the Bob Marley's anything. foot pop up. 
But I mean, how, how can how can you live in a post uh, Dewey Cox world and yeah, not right. and not have it sort of affect how you're going to structure or yes. approach something? I mean, uh, the opening scene of that with Bob Marley just playing, you know, at a campfire playing a song on acoustic guitar. That's yes. like that is. I mean, they should have had him playing Wonderwall. You know, right. it, was, it was just like so, it was like so cringe. Right, right. Yes. Flip it. Yeah. yeah it's like the Bohemian Rhapsody too. I was, I was like angry when I watched that. Um, it was just so full of moments like that where you're just like, what? The real story is totally interesting. You don't have to make Freddie Mercury just like do this monologue about Bohemian Rhapsody in an office, you know, <laughs> or like, or like there where Bob Marley's playing redemption song perfectly for this. Yeah. Everything's always shoehorned together. Like, there was no way that's take, what like, happened. They always and, take and, three incidents and put them into one scene. Like, yeah. like it all happened at once. Yeah. Or also that like these people's lives are somehow, you know, filled with philosophical stances and and yes. meaningful battles you know it's like uh it's it's too much like the estates of these people kind of trying to yeah shuffle shuffle them into less complicated lives than they they really have yes after the know. fact yeah, it's also a way to out. gloss over how great the songs are or like what is interesting about them which is the music whereas like right. I, I would be interested in the making of redemption song throughout his life or whatever the real story is but the way they do it is Oh no, let's just listen to the final product a little bit and then just have, you know, let's get through that and then go into this character drama stuff. Which sort of reminds me of what actually is really kind of exceptional about the movie Ray because the actor could yeah. play the piano really well, like actually had real facility and was an incredible mimic of yeah. uh, Ray Charles' style. Like you really got some insight into what Ray Charles was kind of, how he was challenging the culture, what was really singular in his music and, uh, you know, just taking sort of gospel energy and, and putting it into a pop setting. You know, he's just such a great talent and it's and that musical those that those sort of historic points points are made so well in the movie i mean obviously there's like gossipy stuff and biographical stuff that's sort of you know i mean there's drugs and all sorts of other things that are kind of challenging to some people but like there's a lot of music in the movie and it's it's exciting to see mu music in a movie yeah, yeah when it's about the music so many of them are just yeah about the the personal life and that's not even the interesting stuff a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx did totally knock that one out of the park. Yeah. Um, I thought he I'm, sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I thought yeah. he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Do, did you recognize him, the one playing Bob Marley? He just seems like too handsome or something. Like he just look. he's too, I don't know. I just don't believe it when, when I see yeah. him. Although, Bob although. Marley. Bob Marley was pretty handsome, I think. He was, yeah. but in a in a less uh, generic way or something. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. cast a guy who looks perfect, but right. Um, okay, uh, that was that was number one. Number one, yeah. So wow. it's doing well. One love. Wow, that movie got panned when it came out. 
I know. And I think people went one. for uh, Valentine's Day because they saw the love uh, and they don't uh, think. That's and, funny. Uh, it got yeah. a higher score than uh, Madam Web, though. I'll give it that. <laughs> I'd rather see Madam Web, I think. Yeah, I think that, I think you'll have a better time. <laughs> if you're going to try to learn Spanish off of one of these movies, I would recommend <laughs> Madam Web. Actually, maybe not. Maybe that's if it's complicated plot wise, that'll be confusing. You're Madam busy Web conjugating verbs. I don't conjugate universes. I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, and that's the movies. And we'll be right back with the hot picks. The hot picks. The hot picks. The third chart is the hot picks, and the countdown's about to start. Let's see who brought a hot pick, and let's see who did not. The hot picks. The hot picks. My favorite cue of all yeah? of all your cues. The beat wow. on this. The beat we, on this cue is so great. Let's just start on the table in the uh, old you, yeah. control room. I know, but it's, it's uh, funky. That's wild. It's the ones you just whip off, right? Yeah. What's What's Maybe. your uh, well? It's a, but you know it's the thing is. I, listen, I've tried to uh, reproduce that beat because I feel like it's a very energized beat, and there's something about really? it that I can't quite get. Um, wow, there's a little hitch in it, some in the middle. Wow, is it, you want to use Brett? Can you can you we pound out the beat on a table? Can, <laughs> yeah, can, I can do that for you. But so just <laughs> demonstrate it for us. Demonstrate it for us. Uh, let's right now, let's do on it. The table. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't have that much table space right here. Here we go. Do it. Right? Uh, it's the end. So it's like a cheerleader. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Mickey very, style. It's very cheerleader. Yeah. I have to hear it again to remember, uh, the nuances. It's cool. It's got a pocket. These are the hot picks. We'll see if we did better than the Spotify, Country, iHeart, whatever we did. And uh, there's a good chance we did. We've got some big brains in here today. And music is the name of the game. Let's see how we did. <laughs> All right. Coming in number five. Number five. This is a Howard pick that easily could have been a Brett pick as well. This is Idols with Hall and Oates. They have a new album that just got released I listened to most of it. Um, some good stuff. Hollow Notes. Fascinating. So it's it's a very positive Hall and Oates song. I yeah. really thought it was going to be like a, oh, I hate those guys. Right, right. Yeah. So sappy, like Hall and Oates. <laughs> right. And it was like, no. But so, so who is he seeing? These guys about have been around question. for a while, like idols. And uh, they're kind of like Viagra boys. Like, is there a, a term for like this sort of like, 
I like some naughty bits. Right, right. Yeah. When someone stole my pants. Yeah, like yeah. bloke, bloke rap or something. Bloke, bloke. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a rap influence to a post punk kind of thing to a punk thing. It's like, um, yeah, I know bloke, what you mean. Cockney, a Cockney bloke, bloke, bloke. Rock, bloke rock is a good, <laughs> good description yeah. of it. I, I, mean, I really like Idols. I think they're a pretty like special band. And on this on this new record, he's singing a lot more than I've ever heard. Like, he's like, in love actually tunefully singing, which I'm like, oh, that's cool that they're, they're like growing and trying things. I will say that I, I think like, the, the it's hard like an pounding. emotionally challenged guy trying into words. It's uh, like, like, like holding notes. <laughs> yeah. But there's other songs where he's really melodic. I know. I'm just having fun. I like the band. Yeah. I was, uh, but I was just say the, um, the hard pounding songs like this still are the best songs on the album, like by far to me. There's some there's some stuff that kind of meanders, but uh, they're good. They have a tie dye T shirt for sale that has the slogan "Love is the thing." <laughs> the thing. The, the yeah. thing. F I N G. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so are they? Do they get filthy like the Viagra Boys, or is it just more? No, they're more just the wrought energy. with emotion, and you know they kind of like. Seems like he's like an intensely passionate guy who's like po- like it's more positive lyrics to me. Uh-huh. The ones that I pick out more seem like he's more into like a justice and and like you know he he's he's sort of like woke, but in a cool. In a in a in a punk, yeah, it's more way. it's more angst, I would say, than the Viagra Boys. It's it's less w- like woke in a head so. buddy kind of way. Like it's more sort of broadly political, righteous anger or whatever, righteous intensity. Right on. I I want to I yeah. want to check these guys out. Check out their performance. I would watch their performance from Coachella last year. I was so uh-huh. impressed by that. Uh, oh wow! I thought they just. Killed it. That's great. Um, all right. It's great to see that they're to play at Coachella. Number four. John's pick. This is Wolfman and Jacob Jeffries. Nice to meet you. Or, sorry, nice to you. I'm nice to you. I try for you. I die for you. I'm nice to you, but you're just not into me. I'm nice to you. I try for you. I die for you. I'm nice to you, but you're just not into me. It's been a long time since we sat on the roof and listened to Sondheim. You told me you faked getting wasted at the cast party. I said you're so good at acting. Commitment to feigning, drunk takes crafting over the top, and you'll stop blending in and maybe that's where i lost you well maybe that's what you always do pretend that you're into the guy that you're next to the hook isn't deep you just catch and release i'm nice to you the song is so tightly written it's really hard to feel comfortable interjecting at all um Mm -hmm. so do you know that the band wolfpeck Yes. I was going to ask, is this related to Wolfpack? Yeah, it's like a spinoff of, uh, I think it's one of the fellows from Wolfpack um, who made a record last year. And uh, 
it's it's very Wolfpack y. I I was very late to the whole Wolfpack thing. Like I know they're incredibly appealing kind of yeah. funk band uh, that I guess famously sold out like Madison Square Garden or something without wow. being on without being on a major label, which is like Wow. You know, yeah. pretty unprecedented. They have a little cottage industry of their wolf people. Like they do all these side projects that are all f- super fun. And then Corey Wong, the guitarist, he's like a master at his own branding, I guess. He's he's like a real brand out there of funk guitarists. Yeah, and, um, I feel like generationally they just um you know, people hitting the scene in the past like ten years are just so good at kind of defining themselves in the mm-hmm. public eye. Like they, it just comes really natural. Yeah. And they're just, uh, they're incredibly tight musicians and they make it, I, I, I like it. I like that they're bringing tight live playing into, you know, and making that fun for people again. Um, yeah. You just don't see that as much anymore. Like, Hey, look how like really tight we are as a band. Like, look how yeah. we execute. It, they're, yeah. They're just like a songs. great band and they've got, um, you know, some of their recordings are just so cool. Um, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the the Wolf Mon record is really good. It's got a bunch of like very, you know, fun, surprising songs on it. It even has like a spoken word thing on it that's kind of mm. cool in its own. It's not. It's not like a. It's not rap. It's just like he's just like reading a a, a written piece about right. sort of about tools. Um, have you listened to, uh, are you aware of Lewis Cole? No. Some of his stuff. You might like his stuff. It's almost like a similar generation in a way where he's like this virtuosic drummer, like sort of, but really, um, he, he's just really, really good. But he's uh, he does tons of different projects that you, under different names and different guises and concepts. And there's a lot of just- So like, does the devil. Really sophisticated musicianship, but it's in this sort of fun uh, street level way. Like they're in I'll a basement, like really playing together. Um, I think you like it. All right. Coming in at number three. Number three. This is my pick. This is uh, this is new James Brown that they unearthed. And uh, it's called We Got to Change. I thought this was- Pretty cool to hear him like a, a unreleased James Brown. Wow. This is, what year? One, two, three, four, this is like a twenty twenty four. I'll look it. I'll look yeah. it up. You know So there's a little remixing going on here too. 
There's a little bit of remix in it. In, in Def, the, definitely <laughs> some, yeah. definitely some remixing, but it's a cool mix. Like it's, yeah, a, they did yeah, a cool yeah. job with it. I think it's awesome. That's a single though. So it counts. It's a hot pick. All right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. I wonder how much of it is just laying around and how much they uh, did now. I think that, I think there's two versions. I think there's one that's just like the raw, the raw version that they did on, you know, they just, they recorded and they didn't release. And then I think this is the more worked up 2024, you know, more exciting version in, in some ways. You um, know, uh, just on a parallel uh, 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 genre thing, um, George Clinton is making the rounds doing interviews right now. There's a book out about him and What's wild is he, you know, George Clinton for, you know, years and years and years was really kind of like lost in a, in the, a world of drugs. Like, yes. yeah, he just, he just didn't make, you know, he didn't really do any interviews. And when he did, he didn't make any sense. And it just seemed like he was just really way too busy getting high. And uh, what's weird is, I guess, like four or five years ago, he got straight. Um, wow. Cause he, his health was really deteriorating quickly and you know he just kind of got the heads up like you gotta cool it or you're gonna die Mm -hmm. and he just quit but what's wild is he has total recall of his entire life yeah isn't that amazing when guy yeah i mean it's he's it's 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 really startling because he has just really strong opinions. He really understands like what, where his music is coming from. He remembers all sorts of contemporary things, you know, that other people were doing, you know, back in the day. And it's just fast. I mean, he was on the quest love podcast and it was really interesting. He was on, I'm trying to think of what the other one he was on. Oh, I guess the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rick Rubin podcast. Oh yeah. I got to listen to that. If ever um, you thought there was a guy who wouldn't be able to retain anything. Right. You know? It's like right. Keith Richards, too. He has a shocking memory for stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and a you, clarity, you, realize, like, you know, once yeah, you know, he's not but, fucked uh, up. But of course they would, they would, because they were so, you know, they were so passionate when they started, like, you know, they just, they're into it, you know, they're yeah. really focused up on this stuff and little things meant a lot in the world of, you know, just speaking of the world of like musical decisions, they just, it, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's super exciting to hear him that. talk. Um, but it's like, uh, a, it's like a version of him. We didn't think we'd get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you think back like parliament Parliament and Funkadelic and all of his projects are obviously brilliant. So he, and he's at the head of it. So it's like, he, he knew what he was doing and he must've been a leader back then for the whole Absolutely. thing. You're just never quite sure how it all worked. I'm, I'm yeah. glad he's able to tell the story now. Um, isn't it true that Parliament and Funkadelic, this is the story I always heard that they were the same band and they basically just had two different names to get two different record deals. Yeah, I think uh, Parliament was signed to a l- really bad long-term deal, and they just yeah. they wanted to uh, you know do more stuff. So it was just they it just gave them some some yeah. freedom. I it's don't, genius. It's yeah. like why don't we just start a new band with all the same members? We just get a better deal. Exactly. It's just that simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, all right, coming in at number one. Oh, sorry, number, number two. One. Wait, number, oh, number two. two in the Kanye West position. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. This is this is John's second pick. This is I Fought the Law by The Clash. First of all, that guitar, totally killer. So what was that? That guitar, complete killer. This this track this track to me you know like I, I just I just heard the song the other day and I just I I, I love the what the Clash did did with it I I know they they I heard this weird story about this song that I wanted to just relate which is you know in Britain they didn't have like a million radio stations they didn't have FM radio even when the Clash were coming up as a band they mm-hmm. didn't have like oldies radio or CBS FM or people that were just like playing, uh, you know, the four seasons every 45 minutes, the way I think most people in the U S like we all grew up hearing the Bobby Fuller four version of I fought the law. Like it was not a unusual song. They had to, the clash had to come to the United States and be hanging out in San, in a bar in San Francisco with a cool old jukebox to hear. I fought the law. They had never, they were on tour, their first American tour. They had never even heard the song before. I can't, you know, it's just, so it just makes you realize how different cultures can be. Like, you know, Britain, you know, Great Britain is a bunch of islands, you know, they can actually, yeah. they actually were sort of remote and they heard the song and they were just like, that's a killer song. Let's do that song. And I just, I just think it's such a fantastic version. It's so great to hear the clash, like clashify, you know, a great garage rock track. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I just love, I love the clash. No, so me too. I, th- I think it's one of the best covers ever. I mean, just as far as like taking something and making it your own and having it have all the immediacy of what you do. So, yeah. so classic. They captured their sound so well too. Like it still just jumps out of the speakers in the most exciting way. It doesn't sound old or new or anything. It's just like, yeah, it's just timeless. Just sounds so awesome. And then, um, John, how did you feel about when John Cougar rewrote the whole thing when he said, I, f- I fight authority, authority always wins? Oh, man. He just remade it. He didn't want to pay residuals. He just wrote his that, own version. That was like a whole new chapter in uh, uh, sound alike ism. Uh, it was weird because it did have a lot of the same qualities. I didn't know it was, it was freaky. Yeah. And, um, also, on a sadder note, I think Bobby Fuller was like found dead in a car. There was some kind of weird thing with him. His life he had a weird life. Yeah, well, it's and it, and it was totally shrouded in mystery. Like, there's like some some talk about like psychedelic drugs, or some talk about like like weird like mob stuff. Who I, who, I don't think anybody's ever going to know what really happened with him. Mm. Yeah, a true musical mystery. Yeah. Um, almost similar to that thing of like them having never heard that song. There's, there's that, uh, it's funny when you discover songs like that, like there's that Paul McCartney song, Mole of Kintyre, where it's like, I felt like I discovered that personally later in life after I felt like I've exhausted all of his catalog and then just being like, God, this song is good. Why don't people talk about this? This is a good song. And then discovering that that was a, 
number one hit and like <laughs> so massively overplayed in uh, England that they are all sick of that song. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like the never played on the radio here. Right. Ever. I think Mullen Kintyre is like the best selling single of all yeah. time in yeah. Great Britain. <laughs> wow. But it's never, it didn't get any attention in, in the States, at least in my yeah, lifetime. Yeah. Well, it's kind you of look, an inside thing, was, right? Culturally. I was the first person to go to a map question. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a place. <laughs> it is a place. Um, all right. Coming in at number one. Number one. Howard's pick. This is Pitbull and Dolly Parton. Powerful women. Yeah. It's Mr. Worldwide. With the one and only. You're going to have to, to get to the Dolly part. You got to. Oh, yeah. He said that. Nice pin. Oh, is this doing nine to five? She rapping? She never mails it in. Wow. If you if you get Dolly on a song, she's gonna write new verses. She's gonna like yeah. put put time and effort into it. That's wild. But, um, she feel like she felt like she kind of found her old voice, like as she was recording that. <laughs> like it started off maybe a little shaky, and then suddenly she's hitting these high notes and <laughs> yeah, yeah, she it. kicks in. Yeah, is that well, off the, the same uh, rock album that she just did? I don't know. I think it, I think this just might be a new single. I don't know if it's on uh -huh. that rock album. She's making a lot of wrong. plays these days. But so. a, an interesting thing about it is um, one of the things that Pitbull always says is Dale, which means give it to me. He he always says oh. that in all of his songs. So as the song was going on, I was like, hang on, Dolly. And then at the end of the song, he's like, Dale. And he starts laughing. <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It dovetails with his whole career. Right. I wonder, did, did she get new management or something? It just seems like um, there's people pushing her in like all right. She's in the mix more pop directions. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's like it's like this is like your her like uh, fourth time around. It seems like right. Yeah, I think like uh, when they when they said um, we want you to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was odd, you know. And then she thought, wow, I'll pivot into it, put out a rock album. She's always been really busy and productive. Yeah. But uh it's yeah, it's, it's strange for someone so old to be so all over it. It just seems like she's making a big play to do those like collaborations and cross genre things to like get in the top forty or something. Yeah. It's probably to, to support her imagination library. You know, well, she how, does how a is, lot for uh <laughs> how was illiteracy. The pitbull pit part of that song, Howard. Oh, it's okay. It's just He's, you know. They should have gotten the, you know, the lover, lover. What was that guy? Yeah. 
Oh, shaggy? Shaggy. Shaggy, yeah. Yeah. shaggy in there. Um, well, yeah, what's Shaggy up to? He should come I back. I think he's uh, counting his money. Yeah. yeah. Banging on the bathroom floor. <laughs> uh, well, shout out to that. Shout out to all that we heard this week. And shout out to you, John. So exciting to have you on. Thank you so much for blessing us with yes, this visit. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. This is totally my pleasure. I've got to get back to work now. I don't want to. This was fun. <laughs> And you're going to be touring the Midwest. Yes, we're going everywhere in the Midwest. If you live in the Midwest, we're coming your way. We're doing two-night stands of a lot of places in big old theaters. we got an eight-piece band. It's super loud. Um, It's going to be a ton of fun. Do you do any nods to Ozark? Will you cover the Ozark soundtrack or anything (laughs) like that? Midwestern stuff? No, we don't really uh, change it up too much for uh, where we are. We do... uh, we do occasionally dip into the uh, Destiny's Child catalog, though. Speaking oh, really? Beyonce. Really? Yes, we, we have a Survivor? Song. What song do you nope. do? Survivor? No, I, won't, I, won't, I won't spoil it. I'll leave it, I'll leave it as a surprise. But it get, always gets a really big response when we do it. So it's easy. To, it's uh, kind of fun to do. Very cool. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for coming. We look forward uh, to seeing all of you again. Oh, Star, you got any plugs? Sure, uh, go watch uh, Destroy All Neighbors. Check out Comedy Bang Bang World. Oh. <laughs> or you want to plug? Um, the Yeah, Destroy no, sorry, All Neighbors on Shudder. And I believe you can rent it now just on Amazon Prime and some others, uh, which is good for some people. Um, it's a fun splatter comedy full of practical effects. And I did all the music with my writing partner, Ryan Katner. And uh, lots of fun music in there, wall to wall. check it out absolutely check that out Grift Horse with Megan Beth Keister and Drop Day and we will see you right here next week on Who Charted. Charted